Hey! How are you? You doing alright? You all good? You had a nice day today? Bad day today? Doesn't matter. You're here with me now. We're going to make it better. So the good news is, I have a name now. Well, I've always had a name. I, I think, well, after birth, I was quickly given a name. But this has a name now. This is called, and, you know, drum roll please. And I have to be honest, this wasn't a me thing. I wish I could say it was, but this wasn't my name. This wasn't my idea. This is someone's who's much smarter than me's idea. You ready? Welcome to a little slice of Pibus. I know, right? I should have really thought about that myself. You know, it is my bloody name. But yeah, isn't it great? Delighted with it. Delighted. And, funnily enough, the person who came up with this name, her partner, is on the podcast. What incredible universal symmetry right there. But the only bad thing about it is that, you know, Ashling, you're going to get a rake of booze off me. That was the deal. But the shame of it is that um, her fella's not drinking for a few months. And he's just going to have to sit there in the knowledge that his pal has just bought his missus a drink, that of which he cannot have. What a shame. Regardless, delighted with the name though. So good. So... In today's podcast, Shane and I are going to, you know, try and put the world to right. We talk about Shane's recent soiree into vegetarianism. Well, I say soiree. I think he's going to be a vegetarian for forever now, and that's good for him. We talk about meat replacements. We talk about the hospitality industry, our experiences in it, how we would like you all to act when you're next in the bars. About how it's been an incredibly difficult year for a lot of people. Shane picked up another job. And good for him for doing it. And those jobs that people were doing, the key worker jobs, some of them really, really difficult. Really fundamentally different from what you trained in. And you just had to there, book up, do it. If you wanted money in your back pocket, you just had to do it. And all power to those people. We also discussed Shane's fortunate situation of doing some acting now in Spain. And how it is difficult to be a vegetarian when you are on holidays and how you combat that Shane is also a trainee personal trainer so we'll speak about that and hopefully there'll be lots of interesting things to fill this hour with that you um, have a little bit of interest in and if you don't don't worry about it don't worry about it guys but thank you so much for tuning in I'm sure you'll be more than interested hopefully and well, take it away, Lawrence and Shane, two days ago. Hello, Shane. How are you? Hello. I'm good, son. How are you? I'm not bad. Um, um, and uh, you're, uh, you're not at home at the moment. You're away. I'm what not at home. I'm away. I'm in, um, I'm in the sunny coast of Africa. I'm in Fuerteventura at the moment. I haven't been talking about it a lot because I'm aware of how fortunate the position is to be here. And I'm also sad that all my friends aren't with me. Mm. Um, so... And for everyone yeah. that, you know, might be up in arms before they jump down poor Shaney's throat, he is on a acting job over there. We won't say any more because all the non-disclosure bollocks, but he's there yeah. and he's allowed being there and he's doing all the right things and he's in a hotel room and he's going to be there for a few more days. And, you know, it's a sign of um, positive things happening at least. Yeah, Big time, big time. Like the the thing I've noticed the last while with the few little jobs I've done during COVID is the production side of things are 
on the ball with this. It's COVID testing left, right, and center. They're tracking the fobs as well to see who you're in close proximity with. So any chance of COVID breaking in is quickly nullified and you can go about your business. So fair play to the Irish slash poor, where we afford the Spanish, I suppose. I don't know if this production company we're working with here are specifically Spanish or Fort Aventurium, but whatever they are, they're brilliant. And they gave me a goodie bag last night, which had some Pringles and balsamic olive oil and all sorts of stuff. So needless to say, I snacked like a madman. And that's it. That's it. You've only arrived yesterday. Is that right? Yeah, I got in last night. Um, Got in last night about quarter past six between checking in and everything and did a trip to the shop, got my bits and bobs. By then it was all done. I went to bed. But today was the first day to wander around. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it's amazing. It is really, really amazing to see the sun and not just the cloudy gray skies all the time. So, mm. yeah, it's fun. It's nice. We start actually working soon. So I'm not going to be sitting around enjoying the beach, unfortunately. Shame. So. I suppose here's a question, considering where you are. Being a vegetarian and going to a foreign country, a lot of the time people lapse when they're not in their kind of little bubble. So what are you mm. and obviously, you know, when you're doing filming and things like that, you don't have a huge amount of control of what you are eating. Have you picked up your cupra fuckle os espanol? You know, your few your few Spanish words or uh, anything like that? Or or how how would I'm you glad you asked this man? Well, Google Translate would be my best mate. I, I did it yesterday when I got in. The last time I was away, I was in Portugal and I just got, you know, the Portuguese phraseology in my head. So I was able to ask for things and politely say little things and mention the weather and stuff like that. So it's still Portuguese in my fucking head. Yeah. So they're <laughs> offering things and I'm like, ah, yeah, it's bon dia. And I'm like, no way, hold on. And everyone around is obviously there's a lot of Irish here and they're like, who's this gobshite who can't even speak Spanish? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I've messed it up today already. I tried to say um, I'm very hot, like I'm very warm because it's warm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, estoy caliente, which means I'm an attractive man. <laughs> this, it's not it's not an, un, an untrue statement. Oh, but no, regardless, no. they were like, you're a handsome man. OK, the big white ape. <laughs> um, yeah. So the with with the relapse thing. Uh, the diet, I can definitely see. I think it's habitual behavior patterns that you drop back into. Because mm. I was here and I went to the shop and my eye immediately went and saw San Miguel in the corner and white bread and those big bags of crisps. And I was like, I'll just jump on them, won't I? Yeah. So uh, I controlled myself and got the bare necessities, a bit of cheese and a, a, a San Miguel zero zero. I did that. And to be fair, I didn't do the dry January thing. My own sentiment is that I don't believe in goals per se. And I have a problem with precedence. Yeah, yeah. In the past. But like goals in my head, they hang over your proverbial head. So it's something that I, I, you kind of really struggle with. Like they, they're just kind of on you. But, you know, there's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with just going, right, I'm going to have non-alcoholic beer tonight, but I still want the kind of sugar element of it or whatever like that. Yeah. Well, if you if you act in totalities and if you go from one extreme to the other, you you can't enjoy anything. You know, if you go from the whole thing of I'm just going to go, I want to piss up and do whatever I want. That's not sustainable throughout the long scheme of things and vice versa. If you're teetotal, I'm like, no, I'm watching my macros and I'm watching this just for context. I am. I'm not teetotal. I decided to stop drinking at the end of last year up until May of this year as I'm doing a personal training course. And I thought, what a better thing to do than to get in shape to be a personal trainer. 
I know it's not compulsory to be in shape while talking about strength and fitness and training and all of that, but it does help to look the part. So that's the first, um, that was the first reason I did it, but I really enjoy the cognitive function I now have and the clarity. And hopefully when I do start drinking again, I can have two glasses of red wine. Yeah, that was poor hosting on my part to not say that Shane does know a ton about what he's talking about because of his newfound um, interest in being a personal trainer. And I yeah, well, I don't know about that, man. You're yeah. a very, you're a very well learned goblin in your duvet fort. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever come across your bridge and question your mental fortitude because you're known to bugger anyone who comes near you and rummage through their pockets for pieces of bread and lint and any kind of goodies <laughs> yeah, you could find there. Honestly, I'm a Hans Christian Andersen character um, personified, just, you know, little matchstick girl is what they used to call me in drama school all the time. But I suppose I can sit here in my blanket fort, which as you correctly envisioned it, that I can say, right, I know that it's better to be aware of what you're putting into your body calorifically wise and be aware of how much you should be drinking and things like that but how much more do you think you've become aware of it now that you've actually sat down and gone because you, you're a sporty guy you've always been involved in sports and you've been all the gym work now that you're doing it in more of a, a scientific point of view uh, what have you kind of learned that you've found invaluable what i've learned is that i know nothing i i really mean that what I, what i've learned is the the humility and i don't know if that's the correct word but like to be humble in the face of all of this scientific jargon and all these differing thoughts the more i learn the more i realize i'm only tipping the the top of the iceberg there's so much to learn about it uh, just from a scientific point of view and again, man, like it's it's difficult because we have so many different views and different fad diets and different information thrown at us. We had, you know, butters in, butters out, egg yolks are in, egg yolks are out. It, it changes all the time. So for every Tom, Dick and Harry and Henrietta and Felicia in the world, it is difficult for us to know what is the correct information because mm. there's so much misinformation and we as people take our trusted peers advice as gospel truth mm-hmm. you know if, if i if i was to talk to you and you were to say you know roy kane once scored uh 10 goals with cove ramblers and then went off and drank and rake points i'd then tell that story to someone else because as my trusted confidant told me that story i'd accept it at face value so you can only imagine how it is for people who have no clue in a field and someone tells them something once it's just a case of regurgitating and recycling Chinese whispers, isn't it? And I suppose it is that aspect when you're kind of like, I want to lose a bit of weight or I want to put on a bit of muscle or Mm -hmm. I want to tone up an element, a part of my body. You know, there's so much information out there. Mm. A lot of it's bollocks. Some of it's very helpful, but it's very difficult to see the wood for the trees. Was there Mm. anything that you maybe go for like one thing that you were really surprised by that would be useful for somebody who's just, you know, I'm living in the UK. I can see that in June good chances that I might have a vaccine by then. I want to get my my beach bot on. You know, what's, what was something that mm. you've seen online or whatever that is actually bollocks or is there something that people don't know that is actually very easy to change? Yeah, I suppose I'll tackle the bollocks thing first. We'll do the bad news out of the way. We live in a great age where it's an age of acceptance and you can do anything you want and we've we don't shame people for being who they are. 
the issue with that in regards fitness is there's a acceptance across the board to be like you can drink that caramel frappuccino with unicorn tears full of sugar so long as it fits your macros mm. you know there's a there's a lot of acceptance to you can consume that so long as you do this but this the simple irrefutable science and again i'm still in trying to get my degree at the end of may mm-hmm. but um i do know this much that it is a simple case of energy input versus energy output so if i'm looking to lose weight per se we're going to say it's come to the summer and i want to shed a bit of belly fat stay the comfortable weight and feel healthy and feel good um calorie deficit you have to you can't over consume an intake of food calorie calories again they're an energy source that's something i learned mm-hmm. calories aren't this this evil um entity like uh, gluten or, or fats or msg all of these things that are labeled as taboo subjects these aren't evil things. We need them to survive. We need them to function. We need them to move. But we do not need to consume them in a crazy amount and then not do exercise or not do something to generate energy in our body. So if you want to consume food as an energy source, you then have to consume it for the tasks that you need throughout the day. So I'm not going to eat the same amount of food that a professional athlete would have had pre-COVID doing their exercises. I have to consume three four meals a day, which have this certain amount of fats, carbohydrates, proteins, everything like that. If I'm sitting in, I've learned to adapt my diet during COVID as a lot of us have become a lot more sedentary. We're not moving around as much. A lot of people who were working from home now, for example, you don't have your commutes for people who would usually be moved. Even the simple thing of just walking, getting your 10 K steps in, you're not going to be able to do that every day. So what I've learned again, this is as much in my own practice as well as learning online is to consume for what you need. Consume that little bit less portion control, which obviously the UK and Ireland have a massive problem with is the amount we put on our plate mm-hmm. and move that little bit more. I know it's that age old thing, but it really is simple to just eat that little bit less, move that little bit more. Um, I could go into so many different tangents in it. Like, but I, again, I, I kind of want to stick to the, stick to the facts because there is the truth everyone's physiological makeup is different and we all know those people who can drink you know eight bottles of beer and eat a takeaway and then look like they run a health food shop and then you'll have other people who you know they have a snack and they blow up but that's you know there's so many so many contributing factors to that did I answer your question? Did I, or did yeah, I ramble no, around? Yeah, exactly. answer no, it's like I gave you such a big, huge question. I know this answer, so The newest form of diet now is this fasting. The the kind of yeah. eight hours on or fifteen hours off, or or you'd be able to explain that better. And you, as far as I'm aware, you actually tried this out. Was it helpful for you because of your body type? Or sorry, would you think it's helpful across the board for a lot of people? Yeah, so the diet you're talking about, again, the word diet has is such a taboo word. I try to stay away from it as much as possible. But the, yeah, so intermittent fasting is what I dabbled with in the last while. At first, I was doing it incorrectly. I wanted to consume a little less because I knew that I wasn't moving around more. I knew that I wasn't being as active because I was stuck inside. And from that, I started to study it. So intermittent fasting essentially like Ron Seal, it does what it says in the tin. You fast for a certain amount of hours in the day and you consume a certain amount of food within the window. So you can have splits and 
some severe splits would be like, you know, six hours on or four hours on. And then the rest of the time you're off, you're not able to eat. Yeah. So I was doing it myself. I was doing a six hour split, which wasn't actually that difficult. But again, it was easier because I was from home. I didn't have my morning time commute or wake up at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. I could wake up a little later to, to originally. So that would be a certain amount of time where you consume food and then you'd have quite a lot of time where you wouldn't. So that, yeah, across the board, that seems that seems to be the one that has consistent success I've seen both online and from people I know. But again, it's it's hard, like, you know, t- to trick your body and shrink your stomach down. It's not fun to begin with, but it is fun to feel lighter on your feet and healthier. I suppose that's a, one of the biggest things. We all want the miracle cure. So mm. I'm going to look like. I don't know, Jennifer Aniston's in my head. I don't know why, but she looks great for her age, to be fair to her. She looks great. Oh, fantastic. I suppose that being patient with yourself, I think that's one of the big things, I suppose. Is that, would, that be, would that be true? Well, habits and discipline and all of these things, they aren't um, innate traits that we have. They're acquired traits. You know, mm. if, if you ever look at David Goggins or anything like that on Instagram, the guy went from being... God, I think about 24 stone. Mm. And now he's like ripped to pieces and he he calls himself a disciple of discipline. But again, man, that's that's speaking in totalities. That's going from having that energy and having that um that obsessive nature in a negative way to food that twists it towards discipline and physical fitness. And look, I think at the end of the day, is you just need to strike a healthy middle ground. You know, you want to be able to feel good in your own skin. You don't need to have that ridiculously chiseled uh, physique for both guys and girls. But I just wanted to touch on something you said there. Mm-hmm. The Everyone is looking for the quick fix, myself included. You can't not want it. No one likes to put the grind in originally. And no one wants to eat the good foods like to begin with. But I tell you what, Lawrence, if they could cook like you, they'd enjoy the good foods. <laughs> so there you go. Like that's 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 what we're here for. What's the name? Have we chosen a name for this, or what, well, what is I your don't name? Know. Like there was a few been thrown around. Do you know the meaning of your name? Because that's names are fascinating. Like the etymology yeah. of names. Your name is the physical makeup. Like yeah, Lawrence Pybus. But I do know the etymology of my surname, uh, which is quite interesting. It's okay. old Saxon. What are the lads that are from England? called i don't know but it's historic english it's from lincoln lincolnshire and it means pike bush so like you know an area of land and it was just people from a certain area but that's quite cool and etymology is a really cool like in all fairness if anyone's bored out there go onto twitter and follow Susie dent right we all know who Susie dent is she's the absolute queen of countdown who like jennifer aniston to move back where we were is like 55 and looks absolutely banging for her age. But I suppose, you know, the stress in the woman is very low. You know, (laughs) know, that's actually actually a good tangent into the next thing that I was going to say. I suppose, how much does stress that you are aware of? We're all fucking stressed now. To certain yeah, levels yeah. and people are more my hair you can tell exactly exactly we're all going bloody gray and stress now obviously people are more aware of anxiety and depression than they've ever been before stress as yeah. far as i know has a massive impact on your body uh, what have you found about that as far as learning uh, i don't really want to commit to saying this yet well, i'll say for myself personally yeah mm. stress is a killer man we all know that 
and it's rooted in your body. You can see someone who's stressed. You can see, for example, the old silver surfers. They really popped up in my time in the service industry uh, when I was doing six days a week in a restaurant, double shifts, you know, 40, 50 hours a week in, you know, balls to the wall service. And that will do that to you. As regards dieting and working out, it, it plays a huge part in it as well. Is working out or using yeah. exercise a beneficial stress relief? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Mm. Well, that's simple science, isn't it? Like it's um, you release endorphins throughout your whole body when working out, and it, working out again. We're not talking about pumping iron. Like mm. there's a different type of working out for a different type of release. You think of going for a run. No one likes running. You know, you, you get used to running, but you fall in love with the pro- the feeling afterwards. That release of dopamine and all that good feeling throughout your body because it is good for humans to move. And it's through moving we feel good. But stress relief, man, release relief, whatever you can do, especially in these times when anxiety, depression, let's be real. Let's mm. open this can of worms. Let's open these bottles of beers here. Have a swig now and listen to my wonderful words. <laughs> like that's like, it is like, especially in times like this, it's it's brutal, man. Like between the weather and everything and being locked inside and doom and gloom and bad news and here's this and hysteria and fucking anti-maskers and everything like that. You know, it it's stress-inducing, depressing, and it's madness. The only thing I've personally found in my time to keep me sane during that was regular exercise. Regular exercise and making sure I'm not ingesting a load of mood-altering chemicals or um, bad foods. And when I say bad foods, I mean, you know, foods that are heavily processed, mm-hmm. full of man-made bits and or bobs. Like even foods you can't control. Like you said it before, the whole thing about being able to locally source, um, you know, organic foods and whole foods. It's not it's not a reality that everyone has. And especially in these times, you can go to open food markets and be like, I'll have that fish bay. Or like, I see that plum and I'll take a few of these. You can't do that because you've only got this quick, short walk to your Sainsbury's or your Tesco or anything, and you're just picking up anything. But I get, like that's a contributing factor to why you're sitting in in this dark, shitty, weathered country, you know, drinking beer and eating this crap and going, or drinking wine and being like, this this sucks. I'm not saying being teetotal is the best thing because don't get me wrong, I love, I love to drink and I love to eat crap sometimes as well. Mm. But uh, it's finding that healthy balance in between, reduce stress, reduce that madness as much as humanly possible. Like a big thing that I found was that when someone tells you to do something, it's really fucking annoying, right? So you go out and you're doing these fucking walk- walks because Boris tells you you need to go for a walk. You're like, I fucking <laughs> resent this prick anyway. But you go out and you're doing your walk. And what I've actually started noticing was that fortunately I live in a very affluent area. And I walk along the road and I see one M&S and then another M&S, which are about a mile apart. And then you have a co-op in between. This co-op closed for uh, uh, a month. I think just even, uh, maybe not even, three and a half weeks. The queues outside M&S were fucking insane. They were like, and this wasn't just at the time when most people are finished working at five or six. This is at two o'clock in a Tuesday afternoon. The queue is 30, 40 people deep. There are six organic food shops on the street. And I've never, ever seen a queue for any of them because, and I think this is for twofold reasons. And you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong. First of all, everyone's a little bit depressed as we mentioned. And when you're depressed, it's a little bit easier to pick up a fucking a meal for two. And then the second Mm. reason is we are now in the West 
so pre-programmed to go for the easiest option and to expect the easiest option, which I think is fucking it's criminal, really. Mm. Capitalism, isn't it, man? Like, <laughs> you'll be calling this, I'm a mad communist now. Like, <laughs> again, there's, it's hardwired into our brains that, you know, you associate food with certain products. You go into a shop and you get inundated by food wrapped in colorful packaging since you were a child. Mm. You know, you have these ad, no one does advertisement on, on TV or radio for your local health food shop or organic. And there's also the stigma I know from coming from my background was that was a very middle-class thing to do. And there was a thing of, oh yeah, you go out and get your, you know, locally sourced avocado. I didn't need an avocado until I was 26, maybe. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's just not a done thing because it doesn't make as much money to mass produce things. I would love to look at the figures of what, um, what the, uh, what the income is in the, uh, as regards to food as well and heavily processed food. Like I'd say it's insane, mm. but what do you do? What, what is the solution? Unfortunately, there is no, how do you well, there's fix? No easy fix? There's no easy fix. Look, that banana bread craze, it had one benefit that everyone was actually going into their kitchen and not, fucking using the yeah. microwave that was a benefit however banana bread is fucking banana bread it's not rocket science yeah. no. <laughs> like it's you know how many recipes for banana bread are there out there jesus but it's like <laughs> but people actually went out there and for the first time they probably had a banana in their house mm. that mm. was black Right. There's this kind of consumerist mentality. Mm. The moment uh, something is perceived to be it even a little bit off, that fucker goes in the bin, which is a massive contributor to waste. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, we were all students. We all fucking had off stuff all the time. And we're all still here. I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. Why? Why did that stop? Did a key turn and be like, actually, now I can just throw that away. Yeah, it's wild. It's also the moral. Morally, how could you deal with that as well? Like, mm. I'm going. I'm actually. My brain's obviously moving as slow as anything at the moment. Being baked in the sun, um, not baked as in stoned, as in baked by the sun. Mm. Though I wouldn't mind. I'm saying <laughs> though, if it's going, if you know any numbers, anyone in Fort Ventura, that was actually. I think it's, it's criminalized here. So, but anyways, I digress. Um, I I worked in a shop a super value which is similar to the british audience now to a tesco or a sainsbury's or something the very first lockdown uh was made unemployed so i wanted to work and do whatever i could so i decided i'd work in one of these shops they had online shopping which is essentially people take trolleys they go out they get a list on this handheld that tells you the items that people would like you to shop for because people are shopping from home because they're infirmed or elderly and they don't want to to a certain degree obviously you're going to get people as well who are just lazy who throw into the mix but you would have been shocked to see what 90 percent of the irish shopper shopped like and i was and i was again i was speaking to the wall trying to communicate to people who worked in the shop for years like they were like who's this bloke he's just giving out and railing against the world but i mean spending the oils and all, like box now look you can tell me to shut up because i can't be the person who's judging people and saying you know what you should and shouldn't eat mm. but just seeing on mass 90 percent of people and we're talking sugary drinks we're talking packets from packets of crisps and chocolates and then when you go into the meat oil it's just a case of the most heavily processed stuff in bulk the cheapest stuff you know, we go, oh, it's cheap, so we go for it. But like, looking at it, going, this is absolute horseshit you're eating here. 
Mm. And it was the same the whole way over. Understanding times are hard, give people a break. But it was a real eye opener that it was only one in 12 I'd see where I'd be like, wow, that's this is the first varied diet I've seen. But where's the onus on that? Because is that the person for not doing the study themselves? Here's actually a question, right? And I, I've been thinking about this, about the people doing that, packing your food for you if you're online shopping. Because in, in the UK at the moment, locally to me, as much as nobody wants to sort Amazon because he's, you know, Jeff Bezos has tons of money and doesn't support his workers very well. Everyone fucking loves Amazon. Amazon Fresh is provided by Morrison's Supermarket. I went to the Morrison's anyway. would normally go into Morrison's the quality of had an ocean's about it. but I had a notion. I went in and I was like, geez, I'd buy a tree string now or something like that, because I'm only nine. Um, <laughs> and um, I went in and I was like looking around, right? And the guys were obviously shopping for everyone. They had a big list and they were going beep on the little fucking tablety things. Yeah. And obviously, we've all been shopping with our parents or our adults. And back in the day, whoever you're with would be shopping, they'd pick up something and they'd say, go and pick up them apples there. And you as a child or as a young person would pick up the first apple you see. And then your parent mm. or your adult would go, but that, that, no, 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 get, get it from, get it from underneath, get it from down there, get the second one, the non-bruised one or the, the newspaper with no rip in it. As a person working in the shop, did you just fucking pick up the first one? Because this, I'm is, gonna just this speak, is a big reveal. I'm like. going to speak facts here. Yeah. None of them are going to work. None of the people I worked with are going to say it's also fuck super value. Yeah. Fuck you, super value, Bannantegas. <laughs> rats, you underpay your staff. I hope the place gets burned down to the ground. Um, that's the truth, man. They're scumbags. Absolute scumbags. Yeah, yeah. No, like, it was fighting an uphill battle because this, they were just shite with their um, with the stuff they brought in. It was always semi out of date. Mm. And look, I haven't worked in a shop before. And I'm not like, nothing against people who work in shops. I mean, no disrespect whatsoever. But no. it wasn't my jam. I was 29 years of age doing it. I was like, fuck this shit. Like, what is this? And I'd have Elm was giving out to me about the bread being out of date. And I'd turn around and just be like, I have no control oh, of this. And they were like, this is, I'm sorry. But yeah, but I'd be honest. Anyways, I'd try and get the ones in date, but I'm also being realistic. I'm not like, if you get a bit of a rip or packaging or something, like obviously COVID times change everything. But yeah, get something in date. And you'd have some people, oh, it's driving me mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I'm going to be honest. When they'd be like, all caps in the special, prepping, <laughs> like, the latest date possible, all caps. And I'd be like, yeah, you're getting the one that's out of date yesterday. Exactly, for that. Exactly. Like, intentionally trying to just oh. agonize. It's still a it's still a fucking pandemic. Give someone yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah like, I know. I, yeah, just like, don't, don't oh, be a, like, I think like, that's a good segue on to like, right, let's give the delightful people that work in nine to five jobs that we couldn't have the world that we have without them a little bit of a i wouldn't say a culture shock yeah. but this is the world that you don't understand because you've never worked in yeah let's put mm. that be nice to the person who's bringing the fucking food to your table that's a be a nice person all right like everyone knows that but was there is there anything yeah, else yeah. You but still don't do like know. is there anything else that you kind of realize the general population need to do when they're at restaurants, when you were working at one. Actually, is there something that you really would have appreciated? Oh, well, hit me where, where I live there, Lawrence. Um, <laughs> would have appreciated. Patience and kindness is all always appreciated. Understand, like patience would be one. Again, like, that's the biggest gripe I have. And I know you're like, people people know it, but they don't know it. We, we talk about it. There's a reason why people can still complain about people being assholes. Mm -hmm. It's hard for people to know if they haven't 
done it before. If someone's never worked in a shopping center or if someone's never worked in retail or worked in the service industry, they, they, they don't know. And there's this dehumanization of the people who work there mm. because they're, they're a means to the end for you getting your goal. You came here to be fed mm-hmm. and you just see that this person is the person who will bring it to my table. But you forget that the, there's a lot of moving clogs in it. Oh, clogs. <laughs> You're weird, Dutch breath. <laughs> <laughs> moving clogs and patterning that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moving cogs in a restaurant as well. So kindness, yeah, would be it. I don't, look, I'm pretty tough, tough note, I suppose. I don't need people to be patting me on my back and saying, well done. I just need you to bear with me and stop fucking clicking at me because I'll break your fingers if you do that. That's, I don't know, man. Like, what about you? You've done it for years. You've done it for years and years, much longer than I have. What would be your one you'd say? I, I only have one sentiment about it, right? I think that there's a lot of countries in the world that has national service. Israel, Switzerland, I think, has it. Maybe I'm completely talking shite. But North Korea, you know, great place. Great bunch of lads. But um, Belgium as well. Belgium as well. But I would have a national service within the service industry by doing some work being a waiter or being a bartender being a barman working till till two in the morning three in the morning five six in the morning if you live in certain places i that's right that's my sentiment well it's great because if you see the worst of humanity the last thing you'll want to do is to replicate that behavior pattern that upsets you exactly surely if you see people who are belligerent and dismissive of you you don't want to do that. And that is something that I always appreciated was mm. when I was working in restaurants was when someone would say, like, you play the blind, look, don't rush. I'm, I'm in, I've done it before myself. I understand mm. there's no mm. rush. And I'm like, right, well, thank you. That's actually very much appreciated. Mm. But I would then go out of my way to look after them because yep. I know, because I'm Same. like, you know the struggle, you know the grind, you have those manners. I'm going to make sure you're looked after first and foremost. Mm. I'm going to make sure that nothing is going to get messed up for you now. But look, great, great, Great idea. But again, it's only a small percentage of people who will work in this field. Mm. You know, even today I went, I had breakfast in the hotel and going there. I'm still always, when I go there, I'm trying to be as courteous as possible because I know, I know exactly how they feel because I've done those shifts Mm. and I'll try and clean everything up myself. And I'm mumbling in Portuguese and Spanish at them at the same time because I can't choose the bleeding language because I'm a moron. Like people shouldn't feel bad about the fact they haven't had to do it. Like I don't want to rain on people and shit on people for being fortunate enough or, you know, working hard enough in a different field. But it's just a thing we all like to do and will continue to do because I guarantee you post-COVID, everyone's going to be out in restaurants nonstop. Exactly. I want to tell everyone here who's maybe not fucking worked in a bar or restaurant that people who work in a bar Mm. haven't done anything for a year. So if on the 21st of June, everything's going Mm. well and you pop out to a bar, I'll be honest, it's going to be an absolute fucking dog's dinner like. It'll be absolutely mm. shite. If you get a Guinness and you ask for a t- tequila, just take drink the, the fucking Guinness. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's. Oh it's, man, yeah, that is going to be rough, isn't it? It's going to be, be very rough. hard because mm. I did it in between lockdowns. I've gone on like a jack of all trades. I was working. I, I haven't done restaurant work in years, but I again after bleeding supermarket, I then worked in a going back in time. Working in a very nice restaurant in Dunleary, very affluent, affluent area. Uh, yeah, so I was working there in between after um, the Super Value, I suppose, going back in time with uh, these old jobs. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was ram, man. It was, it was crazy, crazy, crazy busy all the time. Like I got the job by going there for dinner with my partner. 
and then seeing how busy they were and then going, look, I'm, 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 I don't want to work in the supermarket. You know what? I'll, I'll go and give them a hand here because I have the skills. Little did I know it was bonkers, man. And I know, look, when we talk about frontline workers, you know, nurses, doctors, um, people heroes. working in nursing homes, heroes. anyone the HSE or Untouchable heroes. Untouchable, really, really. But um, crazy, crazy stuff, man. And hungry people suck. Like, they suck because when you're hungry, like, you're irritable. Yeah. And poor Shane in his lovely pressed white shirt has to deal with your scornful gaze. Yeah, so just be patient, folks. I suppose a lot, if if these are all your peers watching this, I imagine most of them are well mannered, nice people as well. But you know, don't be Larry. Like, be Larry if you want, but be nice and tip them. Tip everyone. Yeah, yeah. you save a few quid, and if you haven't, just tip them because it's yeah. been shit enough for them. Honestly, and like, and to be fair, a lot of people don't carry cash now. Take out fifty quid and go to three shops. Break that fifty quid three, four times by buying a packet of chewing gum. There's automated yeah. machines now. You're not going to piss yeah. off any real person and then yeah. give those coins or give a fiver to somebody who works in a bar or restaurant because they will appreciate it more than anything. Sanitize the notes. Sanitize the notes. Sanitize your hands. Exactly. Sanitize yeah. your notes in your hands. You know, use your knuckles to put them into your wallet if you don't have hand sanitizer or anything like that. That actually brings in a lovely kind of little segue. If I'm doing intermittent fasting, and I'm there in a restaurant. Yes. And here I am. Yes. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Where's my dinner? As a, a trainee, personal trainer, how do I deal with that? Like a, a mantra a pack, of or pack of peanuts. Pack of peanuts. Man, like the dry nibbles are always a great thing. Nuts, not even just peanuts. Like bring nuts with you. Also, if you are on a... Again, the, the, the intermittent fasting thing, it can be strict or it can be a lot more lenient. Like you can do a lenient one where you're technically fasting, but you're not starving. Mm. But if you are on a severe one, you, you've planned when you're eating. It's, you know, the second it hits a certain hour, you're, you're getting that meal straight into your body and you know what consuming, you know it's uh, nutritional value because you know what you need to put in. But if you're taking a much more lenient, chilled out one that you're only having, you know, you're missing breakfast, then... I'd say just always carry a few little nuts on you. Carry a few little bits and bobs. And as for a mantra, if you've been doing it for a while, just uh, tap your flat stomach and say, we're going to keep it this way. You know, I don't know. That's probably not the right information, but that's what I'd suggest. Oh, no, that was you know, it. I just, my, like, my stomach is semi-flat. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Because, um, yeah, you've been incredibly helpful and very informative and very... I haven't even talked about food. We've been talking about dieting and service. and No, yeah, food. What should we talk about food-wise? Can you do me a favor? Give me a meal, Lawrence's meal for the, where are we now. What was your February meal? What was the one that really kicked it for you? So in February, back in the uh, when we were in drama school together, I had a girlfriend from uh, Louisiana, and she always talked about gumbo, and I was like, "What the fuck is gumbo? What is this thing?" Right? Because I don't like barbecue sauce, but actually, I don't like. British barbecue sauce. I don't like this sweet, sticky, disgusting brown sauce for pedophiles, in my opinion. You know, I don't like this bollocksology barbecue sauce <laughs> that we have in this You're country. Ketchup man, are you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a brown sauce, like proper brown sauce, HP, ketchup, <laughs> mayonnaise. But barbecue sauce is fundamentally, and I don't care who you are, come to my house, I'll fight you. Barbecue sauce is for pedophiles. But not if you 
eat Southern American states barbecue. That barbecue is incredible. So I was like, right, I want to make a really fucking good gumbo. Really? So I went out and I got all of the ingredients. I found calabasa sausage, which took hours. It was very difficult to find. Okra. And I made a roux. And I'd never made a roux before. It's not difficult. It's just flour and oil. Nice. It's just time. Time and time and time, and you need to make a lot. So I made I made a gumbo from scratch, and it was fucking amazing. And I got like Dublin Bay prawns. That's the langoustines for everybody else, which are fucking cheap as chips, by the way, when they're in season. And they're in season maybe nine hour nine months of the year. Oh yeah, this is something everyone should know. There's absolutely nothing wrong with buying frozen British prawns, because I'll tell you, when a shrimp or a prawn or a langoustine die. There's something in their brain starts to break down their body in a matter of hours. So if you have a langoustine or a Dublin Bay prawn that's been kicking about on the ice in a fish shop, which hasn't been caught that day, and fishermen will bullshit you a little bit, you know, just ask if it was caught that day. Sometimes they'll just be honest and be like, no, it was yesterday. Don't bother. Don't go for it. Just go for it. Do you have any frozen prawns? Yeah, they're going to tell you it was that day. I know, I know, they always will. But that's fishermen for you. Yeah. They, they do Very interesting. Like I cook with frozen prawns. That yeah. personally yeah. as well. Big Don't prawn. buy cooked prawns because they taste like fucking Michelin tires. Buy raw prawns. But here's the thing, man. No one knows these things. I didn't know this. I didn't know that prawns weren't meant to be pink until I started working in a restaurant and saw yeah. raw prawns. This is the thing, is this misinformation. People don't know any better. Pink fucking prawns, like... It's like a Rustler burger. You know those Rustler burger oh, things? Microwave. Uh, probably below your Protestant Irish middle class skin, you'd never have a microwave burger. He doesn't even I, microwave his food, folks. I don't know. He does a microwave. He doesn't have a I microwave. Own a microwave. Do you know what my uh, missus called? George Foreman's. Where do you stand on them? Not the boxer, but the cooking implement. It's just like, yeah, but fat is flavor. So they're fucking pointless, actually. Unless you're grilling yeah. veg. Yeah, yeah. My missus calls them. Uh, the cooking clam of the poor. Oh, God. What a the terrible, terrible clam. thing to say. The cooking clam of the poor. Brilliant book name, though. I think that was the last yeah, King's yeah, book. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's insane. So what's your plan now in your Spanish hotel? Are you got any hacks or anything like that? Are you just eating cold food? Are you going to be doing anything interesting? They're bringing food to your room? Yeah, I'll give you a quick little look. I'll give you a quick tour from where I'm sitting now. Like, I'm just give you a little twist around. A descriptive like, tour, an audio book exactly. tour, if you will. Bathroom's lovely. I can't because it's on a laptop, unfortunately. Yeah, so I have my own kitchenette area, and they were so lovely as to give me a little goodie bag, which had some pasta and some of Lawrence's pie, was his favourite thing, pre-made tomato pasta sauce. There is a little menu, like a food menu, if I want to order from the kitchens, but... um. I think I might cook because I have I have that there and I have a sleeve of onions and garlic. I don't really have a massive protein source. So I'm half looking at this uh, prawns and crab wok in oyster sauce here. And I'm like, but I already ate out today, so I can't justify it twice. Fortunately, we have the kitchenette area. I'll be able to cook. I'll always manage it. I, I'm, I'm smart enough to, look, I'm flexible enough that I can eat, you know, most foods. And, I, and I'm an active person, so anything I you know, consume that's crap, I burn it off. But thankfully, I'm not too strict. You know, the only thing I don't eat is red meat and chickens. Well, I don't eat meat apart from fish. When um, when you turned vegetarian, was there anything that you purchased to make life a little bit easier for yourself that you like realized this is really good? 
I didn't need a lot of other things because of the way I cook. There is one thing I know I should have, which would make my life so much easier. So hashtag wish list. And, you, and if I have any sugar daddies out there, I want to buy Shane a gift. No, I'll buy it myself. Don't worry about it. A food processor. Terrific to make all sorts. I probably had... Now, again, look, don't shit on me. I know you don't love vegans. I'm not vegan. I'm a vegetarian. And I don't hate vegans either. Lawrence does, right? So we can't wait for the podcast when you've got a vegan on there. I totally you should, don't. You should, get a, you should get an outright... You should also get a carnivore on. A carnivore and a vegan. And just let them duke it out. And yeah. you can just sit in the middle... At the cans, um, food processor absolutely because you can make so much, um, from so many different styles as well. Like, you can make your own homemade falafel, you can make f- imitation meat, I suppose, if that's what your if that's what your jam is. I'm not a huge imitation meat fan, but I also am. I, I think it's 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 a handy thing to have if if you're not a, 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 a very versatile cook, the imitation meat is terrific for just replacing the old techniques you had prior to that and then just bringing it all together. I think that like a huge, there's a lot of the argument going on about non-meat meat, vegan burgers and like the big thing, a lot of people have a problem with like, why do you call them vegan bacon or vegan burgers or whatever? Because they're mental just association. Not, it's mental association. It's But it's also, mm. it's like, if you want to have a burger and you're, you, you have a, a veg-based diet, have a portobello mushroom. Yeah, well, you put a I, do, I love to. On, on, a, on a grill and it does yeah, the same thing. The meat, the meat flavors come on. It's a very mm. meat flavored thing. Liquid smoke. It's a it's a it's an additive, but it's not a, it's not a negative additive. It's just a bottle mm. you can buy in most health food shops. But it has a lot of the um, it, well, the umami boosters that meat has. And it makes a lot of vegetables taste a lot more beefy. You use so little. You know, it may cost five, six quid, but it'll last you two years, you know. So yeah. that's, that's yeah, a good I have, you know? I have something similar there as well. For, I have a marinade I use for portobello mushrooms. Mm. I actually had, so there is a brand in Ireland. I'm going to send it over to you because it's, it's wild. Denny's have, they've mastered the texture and they have all the spices and flavorings for the sausages to emulate real sausages. That was the yeah. for me. I used to love sausage, I used to love pork. The burgers were too good though. The burgers, like I did a bar- barbecue before I had my, my family over and I remember as I was eating it, my partner's vegetarian as well, we were about like, I can't enjoy this now because it's too much like me. I want to create, and like if you were to create something, you don't want to emulate what's came before. Mm. If you're creating a vegetarian option burger, I don't want something that tastes, personally, I don't want something that tastes like a burger, like your Burger King. There's a, there's a really good anal- acting analogy like that. It's like, how many times has Hamlet been done? You look at Andrew Scott Hamlet and you're like, that's the best Hamlet ever. I want to do that. But if you do just that, exactly what he's done, you try to replicate it, it's a yeah. poor imitation. It'll never live up to the real thing. So yeah. you should put your own spin on it, change it some way. And that change will make it maybe better, but it'll definitely mm. make it different. And that's a very good to make a non-meat burger, for example. Yeah. There's a lot you can do, man. There's so much you can do with a food processor and you can get like, you can make just nothing but healthy burgers or you can get big crap ones. I even have, you know, I'm, I'm relatively healthy now and I still have uh, corn nuggets in the freezer if I'm in a heightened state of consciousness, I may want a little <laughs> snack. 
I don't mm. I don't drink anymore, but if I'd have the, the most cheese from drinking or whatever, you know, that would be my little treat for myself. Now I'm it's again, it's uh, I believe it's soy, it's not soy bases. I have to double check. Anyways, the benefit with them is it's healthy to snack on them. I think cheap. they're um I think they're Satan based. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone in London, you should go to Church of Satan, Satan. Uh, it's um, Satan is a plant-based product, and they do like unbelievably accurate chicken burgers. Very. Where do you stand on that? I don't like, imitation. I, I don't, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a cop out. It's like we want our dirty meals too. Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I completely agree on that. But I think it's that if I say I want to have a a deep fried chicken burger. Uh, or or southern fried chicken burger, better example, with like a buffalo sauce. Yeah. Buffalo sauce, grand. Don't need to worry about that. But then if I want to, to have something so similar to that, I guarantee I'm going to pay more than I would to have to buy a southern fried chicken burger. So, that, so that's my problem with it, that I'm like, if you want to replicate something so specifically correct to what yeah. you are used to, then you may as well just have it. What's the point in yeah. just like put like breaking your back in order to make stuff? If you want to break your back, be a professional chef. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They um, go. But, but yeah. the the one last thing I wanted to say on that is part of <laughs> me goes mad when I see all these places in London that are like, oh, we're all vegan burgers, veggie burgers, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually a vegetarian. I'm starved for a bleeding burger, and I have all these people yeah. casually coming in and going, I'm just gonna try it, but I've no intention of stopping eating meat. <laughs> Wasting me time. You're fucking holding the queue. Like, I want <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, you know? I know what you mean. Is there anything that you could tell your 21, 20-year-old self about food or about that arena? You think you'd be in a better position now if you'd known it then? Yeah. We've came a long way in 10 years. We've come a long way in five years. You know, like, the difference on the readily available good food since, 20, since 2010 is, is massive. Honestly, I think I'd say experiment. You know you know what you enjoy, but try other things. I know my taste buds hadn't developed and that's to do with maturity. I didn't like olives when I was 20. I love olives now. Experiment a lot. Portion control, huge one. Mm. Portion control is something we all need to look at across the board because we've stretched our stomachs to a point that they're not naturally at for a lot of people because of the portion sizes that we in Ireland and the UK have adopted. And it's that unconscious switch from the States. You know, our portions have got bigger and bigger. But that's um, also, that is the meal for one thing. It's not you a know? meal for one. It's, meal it's for not one a meal for one. And especially with what they put in it to make it last on a shelf for seven days yeah yeah no that's that's definitely what i'd say i'd say spend good buy a good knife everyone buy a good knife buy a, yeah. buy a good knife and put that fucker in the dishwasher buy a good knife treat yourself to some um some good cookery utensils that'll be maybe the, the what i'd say the 20 year old shane any anybody that you like cooking wise at the moment that you're watching or any is there anything that you're cooking yeah. that you think you'd like to share yeah I'm, I suppose everyone knows binging with Babish and uh, pages like that. There's actually another dude who I follow, Ethan, Tri- Ethan Chibruski. He's a little similar-ish, but he's more of a sharing of his... He's a foodie, very good cook with a wide knowledge from, you know, Eastern to European to Western food as well. So he's got a really, really 
really good page full of a lot of interesting things, quick tips and tricks as well. Um, yeah. I'd always say shy away from the big, uh, you know, nothing wrong with obviously, you know, your Ramsey and Mark Pierre and all them, nothing wrong with it, but it's tried and tested, it's done before. Get on yeah. Instagram and follow, I think it's more available in London and in the UK, chefs that you actually like. And you can tell the difference between someone who is a chef and a culinary artist. Um, get and get onto them, see what they create. You can reach out to them. Like, you can make those things as well. You see seared scallops done in such and such. You're like, oh, shit, I like the idea of that. How do I go about that? Ask. No one is going to say, you're an idiot for not knowing that. Yeah, exactly. Ask, ask if you're like, oh, someone put some picture up on their Instagram. Now, obviously, I don't care about your foreign one that's being thrown up. But like, mm. if someone put something up, and again, another quick shout out, because I'm at it now. Name's Joe Rogan. Give him a shout out. left, right, and center. <laughs> check, check out uh, Grubby Ginty. It's a friend of ours as well. Bobby, he's transitioned into a culinary artiste. But that's an example of creative artistic attempts from someone who was just like, oh, I'm enjoy- enjoying a bit of cooking. And it goes and just, on and on. Just doing it, doing it at home. And he's just trying, really, really putting a lot of yeah. effort in. That's so, it. That's on the ground the level. Sentiment. Yeah, on the ground level. Just get in touch with people who you like the look of. Explore. YouTube, mm-hmm. break your leave habits. A, yeah, leaving a comment on YouTube because even if that person doesn't get in, in contact with you, some random person could. might. Yeah. Last question, uh, desert island dish. Oh, okay. So with the whole desert island dish, I'm now thinking survival mode going, what are we going to eat? How long do I have to survive here? But let's imagine it's a hypothetical desert island. Purgatory. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. After all this talk about health and stuff, it's got to be pizza, bro. It's got to be so- <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be pizza or some sort of pasta-based dish. My, like you, my love is an Italian, Sardinian, Sicilian food. Mm-hmm. Um, risottos and everything I love, but pasta-based dishes, a good pasta-based dish. Yeah. Uh, I love pizza as well, though. Am I putting on weight eating these things, or am I just allowed to eat them? It's, it's you know, the, don't don't think too much about it. Just, just, it's like, the more, the more parameters you put on it the more you're gonna go for something that is acceptable rather than something that you actually want yeah so say something being you honest, actually want it's either that or a uh, poached eggs avocado and, and uh, good sourdough bread oh, it's my breakfast every hardcore like, hipster answer there thank uh, you very much i mean chia, yeah chia seeds chia seeds i mean bro i mean like literally I, because I'm I'm doing a bit of IF at the moment. I'm doing the intermittent intermittent fasting. I not I'm changing up now. But for the last month or so, I was doing it. So I was on the two days, and a lot of that my breakfast was good sourdough, toasted, decent butter, avocado, probably halved. You know, not smashed too much. You know, like a bit of a chunk. Two poaches, hot sauce, chili flakes, seasoned garnish, bit of um, coriander on top if you want. Can't go wrong with it. I mean, it's literally the most basic white girl of all foods, but love it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. White people with canvas bags food, man. That's it. Oh, man. That can't Stop. beat it. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Shane. That's been wonderful. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for being the first guest. Hopefully yeah. there'll be many more. Or maybe... The, st- the bar is very low, just... folks. This can, <laughs> yeah. this can get over just... this. Or it might be just so high that this this is it. You know, I've just, I've finished it. Podcast completed. But anyway, thank you so Podcast much, Shane. Thank um, you very much, Lawrence. You're, you're amazing. And there you have it, folks. Episode two, finito. Hope you enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed recording it. Shane and I enjoyed recording it so much that we did it twice. The first one, it 
was a bit of a dummy run, you know. You can't be expecting to get it all perfect the first time. And um, it wasn't perfect. But this time, you know, I don't think it was perfect, perfect. But we had a good time doing it. And I think that that's all you could really expect. So hopefully you'll tune into the next podcast, which will be sometime next week. It's already recorded, so just editing to do. Lots of love, folks, and thank you so much for listening.